then we will go from there. Get your friends together, and we are going to grow together. Pick 10 Dreams Woven Support Network products. If you are tired of being alone and you are ready to meet that special someone, try OneTabAway.net. It is that simple to find that special someone. Become a member today. That's OneTabAway.net. It takes more than just a brilliant idea to be a successful entrepreneur. Among all of the challenges facing a business owner, finding funding is one of the most overwhelming. This challenge alone can significantly limit an entrepreneurial dream. Victor Quager has written Picture Business Like a Pro, which is a practical, must-have guide to navigating the different approaches a business owner can take to fund their business, while building the confidence to find investor support. Entrepreneurs will learn what investors look for in a pitch and what skills are required to develop a winning pitch style. Victor has added a bonus chapter that includes precise details on how to make a successful sales pitch. Head over to Amazon.com and all ebook platforms to get your copy of Pitch Your Business Like a Pro. That's right, get your copy of Pitch Your Business Like a Pro today at Amazon.com.
I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. Move over, Ben Roethlisberger. There is a new number seven in western Pennsylvania. The folks at Valewood Farms in Loretto have named a calf baby Ben after the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback because the cow has a marking that looks like a number seven on its head. So, not surprisingly, no women will come near the animal. They won't approach the calf either. Washington State is phasing out swing sets on school playgrounds because insurance companies say that they are too risky. Oh, come, how are preschoolers then supposed to unwind after a heavy day of finger painting? A Canadian man was caught at the Detroit border trying to smuggle back into Canada 51 live turtles hiding in his pants. He likely would never have been caught, except that he made the mistake of one of those turtles in his pants being a snapping turtle. An Idaho trucking company received a text that one of its tractor trailers filled with $80,000 worth of frozen chicken was being held for ransom. Why did the frozen chickens cross the road? To pay off the kidnappers. Have you ever wondered how big is the internet? Well, the internet now contains a whopping 1 billion websites. That's billion with a B. This figure it comes from Internet Live Stats, a real-time monitor that tracks the number of websites on the Internet. As of the afternoon of Wednesday, September 17th, the Internet contains over 1,062,000,000 websites, half of which are posting cat videos. You can get more weird news anytime, anywhere with our brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app. Download it for free at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Police officers often deliver citations, and in urgent circumstances, they've been known to deliver a baby. Well, now they have delivered a pizza. When a Pizza Hut driver hurt his neck and back in a crash, the two Portland Police Bureau officers heard him call his boss, and they offered to finish the delivery for him. Steve Huckins says he and his wife were a little worried when officers Michael Filbert and Royce Curtis showed up at the door, but when they heard the whole story, they broke out laughing. The Huckins then tried to tip the police officers as they would have the pizza delivery guy, and they were immediately arrested for trying to bribe an officer. Firefighters who doused the flames at a North Texas house have also made sure the lone resident didn't croak. Fort Worth firefighters rescued a pet frog and returned the amphibian to the daughter of the homeowners who were out of town. Battalion Chief Richard Harrison said the firefighters have saved dogs and cats, but this is the first time he recalls a frog rescue. Authorities are trying to determine what sparked the fire. My guess is that it was a grease fire as someone was preparing to bake frog legs. A gambler in Germany has been saved from prison by a one-armed bandit. Two officers carrying out routine checks at an arcade discovered that a man playing a slot machine faced an arrest warrant. He'd been ordered to pay a 710-euro fine, it's about $910 here in the U.S., or go to prison for 71 days after resisting police during a previous incident. Police say that as officers informed the man that he faced arrest, the slot machine started to flash and the beaming 37-year-old won a jackpot of 1,000 euro, about $1,300. The man paid his fine on the spot in cash. Apparently there is honor among thieves. The one-armed bandit only paid out to another criminal. 
Police say two women opened the trunk of their rental car to retrieve their luggage, and they were greeted by a snake. The women drove the rental car from Boston to Kennebunk, Maine, where they discovered the ball python. Ball pythons generally grow three to five feet long. They're not considered dangerous. The ball python is a common pet snake, but authorities say it's unclear why the snake was in the vehicle. Kennebunk Deputy Police Chief Dan Jones tells the Portland Press-Herald that the woman wanted a new rental car even after the snake was removed. Although, if she was so fearful of snakes, why did she not flinch when they upgraded her rental to a Shelby Cobra? He's regarded as the most famous atheist in the world, but now Professor Richard Dawkins admits he could not be sure that God does not exist. In other news, it's been discovered that God does not believe in atheists. An elementary school in Pennsylvania has decided to cancel any and all of their Halloween celebrations. The principal says that the Supreme Court says that the school's not allowed to promote any religious beliefs. And some people believe that Halloween has religious overtones, so it's got to go. I'm pretty sure I know one person's house that is going to be TP'd this year. Get more weird news anytime, anywhere with the new Daily Dose of Weird News app. You can download it for free at dailydoseofweirdnews.com. Shocktoberfest has canceled their nude haunted house option after local officials asked park bosses to reconsider their plan. The Pennsylvania Scarehouse was planning to offer a naked and scared tour, allowing people to strip down to their birthday suits. They'll still offer a prude option for those who wish to strip to their undies. The good thing about wearing just your undies is that the haunted house workers can immediately tell how good of a job they did at scaring you. According to a new study, the more expensive the engagement ring, the shorter the marriage. Now there's some science the average guy can get behind. Police have reported in the past that the Norwegian trade is big business for smugglers. Several raids have been carried out in the last year alone. A police spokesperson said the whole operation was very well organized. But what are they talking about? Diapers. Police in northern Sweden have arrested two individuals with a haul of over 25,000 Norwegian diapers, which they believe were destined for the black market. Meaning, somewhere out there, there is a mob godfather of Snuggies. Police say they arrested 23-year-old Ashley Gabrielle Huff of Gainesville, Florida, after they found a spoon covered with a suspicious residue inside the car she was riding in. From the beginning, Huff insisted that she was not using, selling, or making methamphetamines. The woman spent more than a month in jail while her attorney tried to arrange a plea bargain. That's when the crime lab report finally came back, confirming the spoon was encrusted with spaghetti sauce. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. And see, and this is why we have lawyers. Police say a man who thought he was breaking into a Vermont school actually got into the local police station. 59-year-old John Detter of Washington, D.C. told police he wanted a warm place to stay. Police say Detter used a traffic cone to break the glass to get into the police station in Shelburne, thinking that it was a school. He was arrested on suspicion of unlawful mischief and ended up in the Chittenden Correctional Center. There you go. Mission accomplished. You now have a warm place to stay. A teenager near Boise, Idaho, crashed his sport utility vehicle after a passenger used a lighter to set the hair in his armpit on fire. Uh, 
I, I, I got nothing for that. You can get more weird news anytime, anywhere with the brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app. Download it for free at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Mark Zuckerberg announced Tuesday that he and his wife Priscilla Chan will donate $25 million to fight Ebola. In a follow-up statement, he says he still doesn't have enough money to fix what's wrong with Facebook. Police say a prosthetic leg reported stolen from a veteran in a wheelchair outside the Eagles-Giants football game in South Philadelphia was later recovered on a subway train. Sony Forrest Jr., who is known for singing for fans outside Phillies and Eagles games, told police that he had taken off his prosthetic leg during his performance. He said he was packing up to leave when a woman in her 20s wearing Eagles gear who appeared intoxicated approached and took the leg. Investigators said they planned to examine transit station surveillance video to try to identify a suspect, but they likely don't have a leg to stand on. John Hockley of Napa, California, recently set a North American record for biggest pumpkin when he weighed in a whopping 2,058-pound pumpkin at this year's Safeway World Championship Pumpkin Weigh-Off. They plan on carving it into a jack-o'-lantern for the upcoming TV adaptation of The Headless Horseman, played by Michael Moore. While we're on the subject of Halloween, here is a great story to get you into the spirit. Hopefully, you are not scared of spiders. A family was driven from their suburban St. Louis home by thousands of venomous spiders that fell from the ceiling and oozed from the walls. Brian and Susan Trost bought the $450,000 home overlooking two golf holes at Whitmore Country Club in Weldon Springs in October 2007 and soon afterward started seeing brown recluse spiders everywhere. Once, when showering, Susan Trost dodged a spider as it fell from the ceiling and washed down the drain. She said in 2012 that the spiders started bleeding out of the walls and at least two pest control companies were unable to eradicate the infestation. The couple filed a claim in 2008 with their insurance company and a lawsuit against the home's previous owners for not disclosing the brown recluse problem. A spider expert estimated there were between 4,500 and 6,000 spiders in the home. Making matters worse, those calculations were made in the winter when the spiders are least active. The jury awarded the couple slightly more than $472,000, but the former owners declared bankruptcy, the insurance company still didn't pay anything, and the couple moved out two years ago. The home, now owned by the Federal National Mortgage Association, was covered with nine tarps this week, and workers filled it with a gas that permeated the walls to kill the spiders and their eggs. Tim McCarthy, president of the company hired to fix the problem once and for all, said there'll be nothing alive in there after this. Well, if that didn't get you into the Halloween spirit, this most surely will. Dracula's castle is for sale. The family that owns Dracula's castle in Transylvania is selling it for $78 million. The castle was home to the 15th century medieval ruler Vlad Dracul, who inspired the novel about the blood-sucking Count Dracula. The Transylvanian castle is a tourist attraction visited by more than 400,000 people a year. Dominic Hasberg is a member of the castle-owning family and insists his family is being reasonable when asking for $78 million for the sale of the castle. Really? $78 million? Wow, they really are bloodsuckers. 
You can get more weird news anytime, anywhere with the brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app. You can download it for free at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. This year could be the biggest selling year for vinyl records since 1991. According to Relevant Magazine, many of the vinyl buyers weren't even born before this technology became obsolete. Well, Urban Outfitters, the fashion chain whose target customer is under 30 years old, they now sell more vinyl records than anyone on the planet. There you go. One more reason to hate hipsters. They're keeping obsolete technology alive. Well, then again, uh, it would be nice to have an 8-track player again, so uh, forget I said that. Attention, men! Right, stop thinking that she's never going to leave you because you're so amazing. She will, and she has somebody waiting in the wings. 43% of women say that they have a Mr. Plan B, according to a new survey. And the most likely candidate is an old friend. Yep, the guy she claims is just like a brother to her. Well, other candidates are an ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband, colleagues, or somebody she met at the gym. Now, to make you feel better, guys, one in ten have already confessed their undying love for her and say that they would drop everything for her. Yikes. So, go ahead and have a nice day now. According to the latest research, parents together now spend 27.6 hours per week on chores. That's down from 36.3 hours back in 1965. Some of their new free time is being spent on their children. They spend 20.8 hours a week on childcare, up from 12.7 in 1965. Most of which is caring for sniffles, colds, and flu because the house is always dirty now because no one's doing chores. A Tennessee woman who fell behind on her yard work was cited by code enforcers and has served a stint in jail over her overgrown yard. Karen Holloway says the issue started in the summer when the city sent a citation. She admits she didn't properly maintain her yard in Lenoir City in East Tennessee and says it had overgrown trees and bushes, but says that she doesn't deserve jail time. She says she fell behind because of personal family issues. The station reports that Judge Terry Van heard the case last week and handed down a five-day jail sentence but amended it to six hours. Now, there is no excuse here for letting your yard go unkempt. I mean, that is why God created illegal aliens. Kate Hudson is launching her own line of athletic wear. But was there a huge demand for this? I mean, were there ladies all across America saying, you know what, you know that woman who, who makes those movies I really don't like? I sure wish I could dress like her when I sweat. Our financial state is pretty scary right now, and we're all watching our spending pretty closely. So what's the one thing that Americans are willing to shell out for in this economy? Well, costumes, decorations, and entertainment designed to scare us even more. According to the National Retail Federation, Americans plan to spend $6.9 billion this year for Halloween. Now, to put that number into context, the same survey found that Americans planned to spend $3.3 billion as recently as 2005. We've now almost doubled that. It comes to about $72 per person in the United States. It's not, not per family, $72 per person. Now, it sounds like we found a new stimulus plan. By law, 
Halloween will now be expanded and will last all the way up to Thanksgiving. That's your daily dose of weird news. I'm Darren Marlar. Get more weird news anytime, anywhere with our brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app. And it's free. Go to DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com and download it now. Stays 
to car rentals, um, cruises. You know, I'll talk about that a little bit more too as we have one that's coming up in a few days. It's finally uh, upon us. Um, but like I said, car rentals, cruises, all kinds of vacations, all-inclusives, um, train, um, and any of that kind of travel. Don't really do a lot with buses yet, but uh, that's definitely something that I'll definitely look into. And one of Catherine's favorites um, is also not just hotels, but hostels. Um, for whatever reason, she seems to like that a lot. Hostels are getting kind of big, especially particularly in Europe. And I did finally uh, cave into a show a few months back about hostels and some of the ways that hostels work, and uh, maybe, just maybe, I'll do another show about that um, in the near future. We also talk about things such as just tips about travel, what to travel with, when to travel, if you're flying, what days to fly. We talk about security. We talk about um, what's the best uh, place to stay based on what you're looking for, whether you're traveling with kids or it's a uh, trip that you didn't even plan for. It's just one of those things you just jump up and say, hey, I want to go somewhere, and you just go. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to do that, then by all means do that, but just uh, keep certain things in mind when you travel. That's more of my role on this show is to give you guys a little bit of insight and also at the same time, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say to give you a dose of reality. And the reason that I, I choose to do that is, is because I get so many calls and inquiries from people, and I know a lot of times when you're in a certain field and somebody asks you a question that just seems totally out of uh, left field, you just shake your head. And I know I get a lot of questions, and Catherine will get on me and say, well, Brian, people don't know what you know. And that's true, and I'm okay with that. But what I want you to realize, guys, is that, number one, I know what I'm talking about. Um, and the information and advice that I'm going to give you is very sound. Um, what happens a lot is, is that people think with their wallet before they think with their brain. And I'm trying to educate people to the point where you can actually do both without caving to one or the other. And it's important because you have to always remember that the saying is, is that you get what you pay for. And travel is no different. Travel is no different than uh, the reason that people um, will buy a $125 pair of Nikes versus um, a $15 pair of sh uh, no-name shoes. It's no uh, different than someone's going to pay $200 for a purse versus 10 bucks for a purse. It's, you know, no different. Um, and a lot of the things that we invest in and what we talk about on this show as well is, is the need for you to invest in travel. Well, why should you invest in travel? Well, it's a big health uh, benefit to you because um, it's a, bit, a big stress reducer. And we really talk about you focusing on your health, making sure that you're spending time to take care of yourself. You take care of your kids. You take care of your parents if they're getting older. Um, you always look out for everyone else. But when it comes to yourself, you may not be uh, keeping yourself in mind. And when we talk about travel as being a good way to do that, 
a lot of times you step out of your comfort zone. I deal with a lot of people that have never been on a cruise before that um, that's out of their comfort zone because the idea of getting on a boat, probably after watching the movie Titanic, um, is very hard for them. Um, but it's something that we talk about. Um, you can always feel free to submit any questions that you have. Uh, my fan page on Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Bright Tan Travel, B-R-I-T-A-N Travel. And ask any question that you want. Now, I want you to ask the question, but I want you to listen to the answer more. Um, I think a lot of times, and and, uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead into this field too about being a traveler. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people say, well, Brian, you know, of course, you know, you're going to tell me this, that, and the other because, you know, you know, travel agents, you know, get commissions. And that is true. Travel agents do get commissions. However, I'll always get asked this question, well, Brian, how much do you charge? Now, it can vary. Travel agents can charge, and, and that's a perfectly good question. Um, but this is the truth of the matter. Um, I don't charge you anything. The vendors that we work with actually pay my salary. So perfect example if you wanted to book a cruise on uh, Royal Caribbean and you book that cruise, you're not paying me any commission. Royal Caribbean is. It's already built into the price that you pay. Now, here's the funny thing. Whether you use me or not, the price is going to stay the same, meaning that you do not save $1, not $1, by not using the travel agent specifically even my travel agency, you're not going to save a dollar. What that means is that Royal Caribbean, if you book it on your own, you just call them directly and they charge you the same thing, what's going to happen is they're just going to pocket that commissionable amount. They figure it into all of their prices. If you use a travel agent to book a hotel room at the Courtyard Marriott, well, the Courtyard Marriott, if I book it and take care of all of your arrangements, Yes, they're going to pay me a commission. But guess what? If you call, if you go through all the legwork, take all the extra time to do all these things, they're not going to pay you the commission because you're not a travel agent. They're just simply going to hold those funds. So, again, you're not paying less by not using a travel agent. I know a lot of times people think, oh, my gosh, if I use a travel agent, uh, I'm going to incur a lot of fees that I don't want to pay. No, you're going to incur those fees regardless of whether I book it or not, or whether you go online or however you choose to book it, it's going to be there. Now, the questions that I get sometimes is people will call me and say, well, Brian, um, what's the best price you can give me on a trip to California? And, you know, one of the frustrating things is that I'll give you the price and then I never hear from you again because um, you're using me as a price shop comparison. And uh, that is definitely a no-no. I never, ever, ever tell anyone that I can beat any price out there. What I will tell you is, is that um, it's very competitive. Now, if it ends up being 5 to $10 more, but someone is actually there looking out for you and um, making sure that 
your trip goes without any issues or any problems, in my mind, that's worth it. Uh, there are going to be times when the rates that I have available, you won't be able to find online. And that's because a lot of times the vendors, I'll use cruises for examples, there will be a lot of times when they will send specials out to travel agents that we can book through our portals that you cannot find on any of these other third-party websites that you visit. And when I say third-party websites, I'm referring to sites such as, but not restricted to, Travago, um, uh, Travelocity, Priceline, uh, none of those. Those are all considered third-party websites. The other thing that you have to consider sometimes is, is that you may find a lower price, but it may be very restrictive. And what that means is, is that, yes, you may book something and it's $10 less than what I have, but that $10 may also be a condition. It may be something such as you can't cancel. If you cancel, there's no refund kind of thing. Or if you book it, um, your card is charged immediately. Um, and then there's no refunds. Or it could be a whole slew of things. So do not always shop with those eyes of I'm getting the lowest rate. Yes, you're getting the lowest rate at what cost? That's what you should always want to know. What is this really going to cost me? Um, we booked a cruise. Uh, Catherine's going on a cruise, and we went ahead and built in insurance. And you can get cruises and trips with or without insurance, um, but we always highly recommend that you at least consider the insurance depending on how much you're investing into the trip. Don't always let the fact that, well, it's going to cost you $50 more keep you from booking the trip when that $50 could save you thousands of dollars in the event that something huge, major, unforeseen event comes up. A lot of times, insurance on a trip is the same thing as health insurance, the same thing as car insurance. You may have paid, you may have never been in a wreck. I've never been in a wreck 40 years old, and I've been driving for over 20 years. So I've paid 20-something years of insurance, and I've never had to use it except for maybe a cracked windshield. And that's a lot of money in insurance. But guess what? The day that I don't have insurance and I get in a wreck, if I don't have insurance, then I lose out a whole lot more than what that insurance premium was. And trips are the same way. If you pay a lot of money into a trip, the last thing you want is uh, something to go wrong, you have to cancel, and you lose everything that you put into it. Um, so those are the kind of things that if you book online, it's not going to talk to you and give you those kind of options. But when you book with um, someone like me, um, those are things that would at least uh, – be explained to you, you get, you're given the option, um, but, but at least you're educated to the fact. If you take that risk, you take that chance, so be it. But at least someone's at least telling you, hey, you might want to at least consider this. That's the role of a travel agent. A travel agent is to make sure that you're getting exactly what you're looking for. My role is also to be realistic with you. If you've never traveled or you haven't traveled in a while or you don't travel much, you really may not know how much things cost. I remember a specific conversation with Catherine about traveling to Disney World and uh, they kind of had to open eyes about how much Disney World actually charges, um, not only for the hotel stays but then for the tickets. Because when one of the things that I'm going to ask you when you want to book a trip is, what's your budget? How much are you looking to spend? You know, have you thought about a budget? 
Um, and because a lot of times, if you think about a budget, maybe it gives you an idea of what kind of time frame you're looking for. If it's going to be a very, very expensive trip, maybe you're really planning something two years out versus the next six to nine months out. So a lot of times, depending on your budget, can give us a starting point on how far out this trip is being planned for. It could even be, hey, do you have a passport? Do you need a passport? If a passport is required and you don't have one, well, the trip isn't going to happen in three months. You know, maybe this is something that has to be pushed out six to nine months because of the documentation that you need. Those are going to be things that travel agents are going to help you with. When, when do you need a passport and when don't you? If you're going on a cruise and you're leaving Miami and you're coming back to Miami five days later, you don't need a passport. But what do you need? Those are the kind of things that I bring information to on this show, and those are the things that uh, you need to be informed of. What can you travel with? What can you have in your carry-on bag? What kind of liquids can you have? Um, what do they do with babies and, and things of that nature as far as when you're traveling, what can you bring? And some of these things are changing a little bit more and more. If you haven't traveled or you haven't flown in a while, um, you need to be aware of those things. And even as a travel agent, I feel like that's something that I can provide to you. So I just kind of want to give you a little bit of the benefit of uh, a travel agent. I've already outlined a lot of that is is that um, I do a lot of the legwork for you. Um, I've been in this industry for over 20 years in hospitality, and I've had the travel agency for nearly three years. And during that time, I've been able to help people plan uh, their trips vacations and things of that nature. Catherine is about to embark on a cruise to Jamaica. I know she's super excited about that. And just always looking to uh, make sure that people get exactly what they look for. And I always talk about how um, I don't cookie cut any of my responses. And basically what that means is, is that what one person finds important, the next person may not. Um, Catherine, for example, um, you talk about how a lot of your friends like the uh, overpriced luxury hotels, right? But you would rather not spend that much money on a hotel, stay in a hospital, and then apply that money to things that you'll really enjoy outside of the property. And a lot of people do that. Some people would rather stay in a Motel 6 because it's very basic, it doesn't offer any breakfast. It doesn't offer any frills and frills. But guess what? You're paying a, a decent price for a clean room um, because what's more important to you isn't where you're staying, even though it needs to be safe and clean, but it's what else you're able to do with your money because you're trying to make your money uh, stick and make it last. And then that's a good thing. But then there's some people that want to be pampered. They want to be taken care of. And that J.W. Marriott, that aloft, that Weston, uh, that uh, Crown Plaza, those may be right up your alley because you want to be taken care of. You want to be waited on, and those places will provide that sort of thing. You may want to go to the beach and you decide to stay at a resort uh, versus uh, just a regular hotel. And then what are the pros and cons versus uh, staying at a resort versus a hotel? And now, more than ever, people are renting condos. There are condos for sale, just like I'm in a condo now in the mountains um, where people go skiing during the wintertime here. With a, they got a chair this, they sell the uh, skis, they sell all that stuff. And in the summertime, it's just fantastic 
uh, greenery and views and golf and those kind of things. So, you know, do you want to stay at a resort? Do you want to stay at a condo? Do you want to stay at a hotel? There's so many different options. If you're going on vacation, do you want to look into an all-inclusive where you pay one price and it covers your travel, it covers the hotel stay, it covers your transportation to and from the airport. Sometimes there are uh, cruises and other packages thrown in, but the gist of it is that you pay one lump sum, and when you get to your destination, you're not having to pay for each and everything as you go. Awesome experience. Um, but really, it depends on the person, what they're looking for, what they're looking to spend, what kind of experience they're looking to have. So I'll ask a lot of questions. You know, if a travel agent doesn't ask you at least 10 questions when you're trying to make arrangements, they're probably not getting enough information from you unless you are beating them to the punch and you're just saying, hey, I want to go to the Dominican Republic. I want to stay five days. I want to stay from June the 23rd to June the 28th. It's going to be two adults, two kids. One's going to be 13. One's going to be five. I need a room with uh, two beds and a pull-out sofa. I like it oceanfront. Um, and I'm looking to spend no more than uh, $3,500 to $4,000. Now, a lot of those things I said, a lot of times people won't tell you. They'll just say, I want to travel. Give me a good deal. And then I have to try to fill in all those blanks that I actually said in that whole paragraph. Um, most folks will not give you that much detail, and I have to get, keep picking and prodding. And the reason being is that I want to make it exactly what you're looking for as much as I can. And it and it may not even be based on the last trip I planned for the last person because what they were looking for is an experience that they were trying to accomplish may be different than what you're looking for. Um, so I take all those things into account. Uh, that's the benefit of having a travel agent to try to personalize your trip for you as best as possible. So in the next coming weeks, we will get rolling again. We'll talk about uh, the uh, cruise. Hopefully, Catherine will be able to tell us how her cruise went. I'm sure she's going to have a great time on the Carnival Victory, five days out um, at sea, going to Ocho Rios, Jamaica, Grand Cayman, and uh, just to be able to talk about all the different things on the boat. I love the idea of a boat because it's almost like a one-stop shop. Everything's on the boat, all your entertainment, all of your food. Yes, you stop, you port, you get off, you go check out uh, the city, the island, that sort of thing. But when you get back on the boat, the fun doesn't stop. It just keeps on going. Uh, and I'm glad, Catherine, you're at least going to be uh, out there for five days, which is excellent because a lot of times people want to do the three-day. And by the time they do the three-day, they wish they had done the five or seven-day because it just did not uh, have the opportunity to get it all in because they did have to sleep at some point. Uh, but you will not want to sleep uh, being on a cruise. So um, that's something to definitely look forward to. If anyone wants to reach out to me, you want to book something, you have a question about travel, um, I'm here for you. Again, my contact information, Brighton Travel, B-R-I-T-A-N, travel, um, at gmail.com, or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Brighton Travel. Well, that's going to do it for me today. Again, my name is Brian Parker with Brighton Travel, and I am signing off from the beautiful Wintergreen Resort. Check them out online as well.
Um, and if you need help booking your next trip, feel free to give me a call. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. Are you living the one life? What is the one life? When you become a Wake Up Now preferred customer, you instantly gain access to everything to make your life wonderful. Nutrition and energy products, discount shopping, premium vacations at wholesale pricing, personal financial software, identity theft protection, free deals, restaurant coupons, exclusive offers for car rentals, hotels, and more. Plus, when you refer others, you even make money with no sign-up fees. Wake up now and start living the one life. Visit www.djohnston.wakeupnow.com. If you are tired of being alone and you are ready to meet that special someone, try www.onetabaway.net. It is that simple to find that special someone. Become a member today. That's onetabaway.net. Hello, this is Catherine Waddell, and I'm excited to tell you about the Pick 10 Dreams Woven product that we're rolling out, and we want you to be a part of it. What the Pick 10 is, is an opportunity for you and up to 10 of your friends to get an opportunity to get a free, 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 did I say free, coaching session so you learn what accountability coaching is. You learn how to grow your business individually in a group. So let's say one of your friends would like to start a cleaning service and another would like to start a computer business and yet another would like to start a home daycare. Three different businesses, same group, you support each other, however you get to live your own purpose out loud. Turn that thing you love to do into a business. Now, how do you get the free Pick 10 session? Email us. Email us at dreamswoven2013 at gmail.com. That's dreamswoven2013 at gmail.com. Send that email over. Then we will go from there. Get your friends together, and we are going to grow together. Pick 10 Dreams Woven Support Network product. It takes more than just a brilliant idea to be a successful entrepreneur. Among all of the challenges facing a business owner, finding funding is one of the most overwhelming. This challenge alone can significantly limit an entrepreneurial dream. Victor Quager has written Picture Business Like a Pro, which is a practical, must-have guide to navigating the different approaches a business owner can take to fund their business, while building the confidence to find investor support. Entrepreneurs will learn what investors look for in a pitch and what skills are required to develop a winning pitch style. Victor has added a bonus chapter that includes precise details on how to make a successful sales pitch. Head over to Amazon.com and all ebook platforms to get your copy of Pitch Your Business Like a Pro. That's right. Get your copy of Pitch Your Business Like a Pro today at Amazon.com. Calling all dreamers. Dreamers, come and get it. You ready? Come and get it. You want it? 
joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. This is Catherine Waddell, your host, and we have a special guest on with us today. His name is Nate. He is a bohemian poet, public speaker, lyricist, social activist, researcher, teacher, and businessman that crossed over into the international market. Listen, I just want to welcome him at this time. He's going to tell us all about himself, and he has an amazing book out as well. So, Nate, welcome to This Needs to Be Said. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Now, you have a long list of accolades there. I want to know what what's the the thing that you love the most? Like where did it all begin? Was it public speaking, poet, lyricist? Where did it begin? It it began at poetry. That stems it stems from it all there. From poetry. Okay. All right. So, where, how did you get into your love of poetry? 
Well, you know, as a kid in high school, I was bullied a lot. And, you know, when you, when you have different issues and you don't feel like you can talk to your family members about it, I decided to turn to writing after, after coming close to saying, shutting down and not wanting to talk to anybody or deal with anybody for a while. And for a time, I actually never used to speak to anyone. I just used to go to school, keep my mouth shut, come back home, write, do my work, and carry on about my day. Wow. And, uh, you know, speaking of bullying, it's such a big topic, and we're going to get into your full introduction in a moment. The things that our children go through with being bullied, we don't recognize it oftentimes. We don't know what our children go through when they're away from us at school and what things really rub them the wrong way. So for you to find a way of escape is phenomenal to not feel, you know, like you need to go and really end your life you found a way to write your way out of that situation. But what was bullying like for you, and what advice would you give to parents as they help their children sort through these things? Yes. And I always try to say bullying comes in many forms. I really wasn't physically abused, physically bullied, but I was verbally bullied. You know, sometimes kids make some really nasty comments, and if they keep making it over and over again, day after day, and it's about... In the Bahamas, it's like 31 students in a class. And when, once, you, once one person says it, the other person says it, the whole class laughs and it ends up to the whole school. So soon, you have, soon after, you have everyone saying it. And if you're being called by, by names, let's just say someone says, okay, you're a snitch, just off the top of my head, and everyone uh-huh. calls you a snitch. Over time, it really, it really starts to degrade your self-esteem and some people look at it as saying, well, that's not really affecting you, but it is because these are voices and you see them every day and they're constantly in your head telling you this over and over again. So bullying for me was the verbal part of bullying, what I, which I think is actually worse than the physical bullying. Mm-hmm. Wow. And why would you say it's more? Why would you say it's worse? I would say it's more because sometimes people, you know, there's a common phrase, cliche that says, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can't hurt me. Yeah, that's a bunch of, yeah, that's a bunch of, (laughs) yeah. In poetry, and I found it in poetry, you know, words, words stick to the heart of people. Even when we watch movies, we normally look at the pictures, but we remember a phrase from that movie, or we remember a line from a song or a lyric. And, Words really tend to, it, it kind of sticks to you like glue, and you carry it with you all the way through. For, for a long time, I used to identify myself as what I was called. I used to be like, okay, so I'm a loser, so I'll just, you know, keep my head down and not say much. Wow. And it, it allows you not to really put yourself forward. And I only came to um, even be that confident enough to say, go out to the public after I after I turned 18 and I realized, you know, coming from college, I was like, you know, you really can't take what people say and run with it. You have to take what they say and use it to your advantage. So, uh-huh. they, they, so they called me a loser, but at the end of the day, I wrote a poem about losers and I turned it around for me. And that's the thing nice. it takes to overcome bullying. You have to be able to turn the negative into a positive for you. I think that's a lot through life. Do you think as an adult that we encounter bullying still? 
we do, especially in the office, we encounter bullying. And see, mm. some people see bullying as you, some people identify bullying with that old time, okay, taking your lunch money or just... Yeah, money. yeah. No, bullying yeah. can be some someone as simple as somebody you go into the office every morning and someone slams the door in your face, or they just never hold the door to you. Bullying yeah. can be simply somebody just comes and says, okay, copy this for me, copy that for me, and every time they just keep singling you out. That's a form of bullying. Bullying, yeah. it can be minute and it can be major, but it's still bullying. Right. Wow, that, that's a lot of insight there. Thank you for that, Nate. What I want you to do is officially introduce yourself to the audience. I've given them your accolades. We got into a little bit of a topic, but I want to have you spend some time talking about yourself. You know, you can begin at the beginning if you choose. Um, you know, your journey through bullying, how did you discover yourself? How did you discover your voice? And, you know, give us some of your background. I said bohemian poet, so I want people to understand that because there's a Bahamas and then there's the term bohemian. So I want you to let the audience know which is which for you. Okay. Well, as you already said, I'm Nate. Um, I spell my name writing N number 8, T-E. And it's a thing, I use number eight in my name simply because, you know, the infinity sign is an eight turn horizontally, and I just said, you know what? You can't say be half of a person. You have to be a whole person, and you have to show your full self, whether it's that you're gay or straight and you're not comfortable with that, or you say have some hidden secrets about you that may not be so normal. You have to show your entire self to the world because that's the only way you can potentially be happy. And we all have one life to live. So you can't just walk through the world saying, okay, I'm going to show everybody this because everybody likes this side of me and the rest I'll just keep in the background and only show to my husband or my boyfriend or my kids. No, you have to show the world every side of you and that's what ultimately drew me to getting out there. I never was an um, average public speaker at all because I was still wrestling with being verbally bullied through my the majority of my primary school and high school life. So that that kind of scarred me, and it took it took a good two years before I could have said, okay, I can step out and I can do this. And even now, sometimes before I actually go into a new venture, I actually think can I really do this? So it kind of creates a permanent self-doubt into yourself. So I kind of always look in the mirror and reassure myself that, hey, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually living. You know, some people don't get to do this. So love it and do it because you could do it. And my my athlete, you know, education comes with everything. I always tell people a, a college education, it's good, but the only way college education is useful if you can actually apply it to contribute to the world. If you can't apply it, then it's useless. And that's what I that's what I envisioned myself doing after I came out of college. I said, okay, I just don't want a simple nine to five. I actually want to contribute to the world. I actually want to say, hey, I'm doing this. I'm contributing. I'm using what I've learned. And I'm actually being a good citizen. And a bohemian, <laughs> Bahamian is just a term that they call citizens from the Bahamas. Like how you call an American, they call it Bahamian. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the thing is about my, my poetry, I kind of put some Bahamian folk language inside of it, and then sometimes I majorly write 
normally basic international contemporary poetry that all readers can read. But, you know, in, in our Bohemian dialect, we kind of, the students kind of say stuff like, um, you've fallen off it, or, um, and you've fallen off it basically means, like, you always say, you tripping, or, or your, your, your head's on right, or something like that. So the Bohemian dialect is, is kind of nice, and when I normally speak abroad and I throw a Bohemian dialect in there, that normally is my crowd catcher, because everybody's like, huh, what did you just say? Wow. Oh, okay. So what you found, you, you said something that sounds so simple to do um, in the beginning of our conversation, was taking a negative and turning it around, and you said that you didn't see yourself as a public speaker, but you're having no problem here, as I can tell. You're not very shy at all, and I'm enjoying that, um, just listening to you and your energy. Um, I could, I believe I could sit and listen to you speak for hours because of your energy there and, you know, just wanting to connect with the audience, but then you said you have a talk with yourself. So taking a negative, like being verbally bullied, and turning it around for the positive for yourself I'm seeing the results of that. You're you're using that, you know, to be an activist and um, to be a public speaker and through your poetry. Um, I just think that that is amazing uh, that you're doing that. Now, easier said than done, take a negative and turn it into a positive. What was your process like to make that happen? And give me some pointers for a young person as well as an adult on how that can happen because we – I post a lot of positive quotes each day, but that could be the form of an affirmation, and that doesn't work for everyone. So give us what your journey was like in turning a negative into a positive. Give me a young person's version, and then give me one for the adults. Well, you know, after being bullied verbally or physically and not being vocal about it, you 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 fall into depression, and some people don't notice that they fall into depression, and I actually didn't notice that I fell into depression until after a psychology class, my freshman year, and then I said, "Oh, I'm depressed." I noticed I was depressed, but I still couldn't fall out. Of, I still couldn't get out of depression simply because even when you go on a college campus, sometimes you're bullied by some someone who you don't even know from a can of paint. So I, I kind of every day I kind of woke up and I said, "You know what? Even though I don't feel like getting up and getting dressed." said, okay, I'm going to gonna get up, look my best, actually take time to iron. It's the little thing. Take time to make sure my hair is fixed, make sure I'm smelling good. Even if I don't feel good on the inside, I'm going to look yeah. good on the outside. And that's how it started with me. And every day I would, I would kind of tell myself a quote. I would normally say, okay, a loser is a winner. And say, how do I know that I'm not going to be a winner one day? So let me work toward being a winner. Let me not just say, carry that hashtag of, okay, I'm a loser. Because how can I say that I'm a loser? And then I and then I finally came to the affirmation in the mirror, and I said, that, but nobody truly knows me because I never allowed anyone to truly know me because I was always bullied. So I didn't let my full personality out. I said, so nobody really knows me to say that I'm a loser. Only I know me, and I know that I'm a winner. So why don't I just show everyone that? So it's not always just falling straight into, say, getting out of depression and getting your life on the track. Sometimes you have to pretend a little bit. Sometimes you have to say, okay, I am a winner. And then you start by making little changes. You said, okay, I'm going to look my best every day. 
And then you may say, okay, I'm going to start exercising. And you say, okay, I'm going to get these nice, sexy shoes I saw in the store. And little by little, you notice, you may get a compliment. Someone will say, oh, your outfit looks nice or your hair looks nice today. And that slowly but surely starts to build your confidence. And it's all the people around you. You have to Mm -hmm. keep good people around you, good friends. Don't keep a friend that's going to bully you. Because, you know, we have some friends that always tell us negative things, and they're like, God, you know, I just play, and I would only say that to you. (laughs) But it's actually bullying. That's not cool. Because, yeah, they may laugh on the outside, but they're actually hurting on the inside. Right. Wow. So much to think. It's it's so much, like, I'm I'm listening to you, and I have to remember I'm interviewing you, too, because I'm getting lost in the thought, because I'm, like, seeing things. I'm seeing kids or adults walking on a campus or in an office and there's someone that's always demanding, dictating, or finding them to be the butt of their jokes. And, yeah, you may be laughing because, you know, the mature person would just laugh it off and act like it doesn't bother them because if you act like it bothers you, maybe it's giving more fuel to the fire kind of thing. So I'm getting lost in all of those images because we've seen it. We've all seen it. We've seen it. We've experienced it. We probably have done it. You know, and, you know, so that's where I am. So I'm just like, wow, whoa, ouch, wait a minute. I've seen that. I've probably behaved that way before. And it's just um, amazing just how, how much it is around us if we pay attention. But I like what you said. Even if I don't feel like it, I get up and I make myself presentable and I smell good. And compliments do make us feel better, even if it comes from someone who doesn't know us at all. And it's just it says I was noticed, I was seen, and I was being seen for something good versus um, being the butt of someone's joke. So it does do a lot for us. So you're what you're saying is not only speak positive to yourself, but position yourself to receive compliments. Position yourself to have good words poured into you. Yeah, am I getting that story right? Am I understanding right? You're getting that perfectly right. Okay. Wow. Listen, you are incredible. Now. Public speaking, poetry. Now, lyricists, I, I, I can see where poetry and lyricists go hand in hand. Social activists, talk to me about that. Like, what is that cause or what are the causes that you get behind and they really get your blood boiling and you need to go out and speak up on behalf? Um, well, you know, I said all of it stems from poetry. And I normally write about human trafficking, um, women, women's rights, and anti-bullying and basically mm-hmm. finding yourself and I also write about LGBT rights so all of these all of the things that I write about I actually go out and I go behind those causes so it's human trafficking women's rights LGBT rights and anti-bullying okay okay now I, I understand the bullying you went through that but what about the human trafficking and the women's rights what is it about that that has has your attention and you say I need to I need to support this cause and I need to speak up on this cause. You know, I sat down I used to always say this quote um inside my dorm room I used to say a nobody a closed mind is open to no one. And when you reach home and you close your door, your mind is then closed because only you want is inside your own home. And when when we when we get young individuals and they're kidnapped or put into the sex trade, ultimately their mind gets closed because they're shut off from the world. They're in a world that they don't know. So when they're found, eventually if they're found, 
it's almost a sense of not even deja vu. They're totally out of sync because their mind has been closed forcefully by someone. And trauma normally causes that. But what if that individual was going to find the cure for cancer and we didn't know? What if that individual was going to have the next four, 500 company and we didn't know? So that's, yeah. that's what empowers me to do that. And women's, women's rights is simply... Well, you know, in the Caribbean, they normally say the women are the backbone of every family from start to finish. And my mom is the biggest, biggest, strongest woman I've ever seen. She she oh. went through being a cancer survivor. And uh-huh. even through that, she, her and my dad has a company. And she normally handles the books. It's only them two in the company. And even through being sick, she still decided to get up and say, I'm going I'm going into the office to do some work to help your dad. And we would row her to stay in bed, but she says, no, I'm going to do the work because there's nobody else to do it. And even through hell and high water, she would do everything, be there for everyone, doing 20 different things at once. And, you know, that's about women everywhere. So yeah. you, you, you can't be a man and have that ego where you say, Okay, um, I can't pick up a woman. You have to pick up the woman because, after all, that's that's your equal. That's your that's the next the next best thing. And you're saying big up? Yes, big up. Okay, I want to make sure I had that term before I made something up, and my audience are would say to me, "Where did you get that?" <laughs> so, is that um? I, I guess that would be a cultural term then, or maybe like cultural right. slang. Big up. Okay, right. all right. Okay, got, I got me a new term for today. But I like that. I like that. And looking up to your mom, um, I'm, I'm, I knew there was a story behind why uh, you support uh, women's rights. I just want you to know what that was. What I want to do before we wrap up our time with you on today is I want to get into your work. You have a book, Songs of a Melancholy Heart. So tell me about that collection of poetry. Um, just, Just talk to us about that. Well, Songs of a Melancholy Heart was my first publication, and that that stemmed from all of the things I went through through high school to finding myself. And Songs of a mm-hmm. Melancholy Heart is out of the five because I have five books now. That's that's the one I I I cherish the most, and that's the one I normally read from the most, simply because it. At the time, I was in so many pain, I couldn't figure out another name except to say songs of a hurting heart, basically, a crying heart, because I was literally crying. I wouldn't cry physically, but you can get a broken heart without someone actually leaving you or dumping you. You can get a broken heart just from feeling like you're nothing in the world. Wow. And, you know, poetry books are like reference books, reference materials. You can go back for any particular time of the year, whether it's the holidays and, like you said, you know, hurting hard. Just You can find the right words. Someone else has written those words, and that would be you in this instance. And we can go and, you know, inscribe that inside of a card or a letter to a loved one or something like that. Did you think about that when you were writing it, or you were just pretty much pouring out your experiences, or did you think one day these words will be able to speak for someone else? 
You know, in 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 and actually it's so funny because in the introduction for Songs of Melancholy Heart, I can remember the last phrase I put. I said it it was a book for those who feel voiceless, a microphone for those who feel like they can't speak up for themselves. Mhm. Wow. Well, you have this work, and what is it like to know that your words will help others? It's the best feeling in the world. It actually, it actually started to heal my heart, knowing that, and build my confidence, knowing that I can help somebody else. Knowing that I may not know them directly, but when they read it, they may decide, okay, I'm going to make a change, or they start in depth thinking about their life and changing it for the better. Mhm. Now, songs of a mel- melancholy heart. I want to know where people can pick up a copy of this book. Well, it's on um, every major um, booksellers, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, iTunes. Actually, all of my books are on on um, the the major retailers. So if you just Google, it'll pop uh-huh. right up. Okay. And we're on with Nathan Curtis, and he goes by Nate with number eight and his name spelling there. But you want to do a, a search on Amazon.com or anywhere you purchase your books and look for Songs of a Melancholy Heart by Nathan Curtis. Now, outside of this interview with this needs to be said, our audience would like to know how they can connect with you. So where would they find you online? They can find me online on Twitter. I use my same name, N, the number eight, T-E, and on Facebook. All right, and it's Nate with the number eight as well on Facebook? Right. All right, sounds good. Now we're about to wrap up this interview with you, and I want to make sure that you leave the audience with some words of wisdom before we go. So please share before we close this interview. Just any words of wisdom or advice that you would have? If it's all right with you, I would like to read a poem that I love. Oh, I'd absolutely love it. Okay, this one is called 27 Reasons, and it was just published this this year. It was It's 27 Reasons You Say Why It's Wrong. 27 Reasons I Say Why We Are All Equal. From head to neck, from neck to waist, from waist to toe, we an eclectic people, a true people, lose our sanity as we unleash hate. Homosexual, a taboo in this neck of the woods to be met with this woods man of the forest. To have lived in secret to have covered one's face like a little red riding hood. To have disguised oneself in a bed of thorns like the hungry wolf rather than be in a bed of roses with one's true love. A life taken by life. A mortal modified by one. I have no power over life, for I cannot make oxygen. Only Mother Nature knows the secret to a world. And until I meet her, I choose not to judge, not to run, but to coexist, for we are all equal. And that's 27 Reasons. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I love when the author reads their work because... You can really put the energy into it as opposed to me trying to figure it out and fumble it. I have to read it a few times. So the first reading is always nice if we can get that opportunity. Um, But, of course, we can also 
give it our own emphasis when we're reading it, but I love when the author reads their work. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us, Nate, on This Needs to Be Said. So until next time that you have something great to share, we will say goodbye for now, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. This is your girl, Kawana Jackson, and I'm rocking with Katherine Waddell on This Needs to Be Said.
there will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing if you're waiting for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing is not going to happen you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation that a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, we will find inventions that we never, ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is, what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong?
You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on E. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.